98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the court of final appeal rejects the bid by five police officers to overturn their convictions for beating a pro-democracy activist during the Occupy protests. Chief Executive Carrie Lam defends her pay rise despite a wave of criticism from across the political spectrum. And the former Vatican treasurer is freed from jail after winning his appeal against his conviction on child sex abuse charges. Five policemen convicted of assaulting a pro-democracy activist during the 2014 Occupy protests have lost their final chance to overturn their convictions. Vicky Wong reports. Following an hour-long hearing at the Court of Final Appeal, the three-judge panel, including Chief Justice Jeffrey Ma, dismissed the application for appeal by the five policemen. Chan Siu-tan, Wong Cho-shing, Lao Chuk-ngai, Pak Wingbun and Kwan Ka Ho were part of a group of officers convicted by the district court for assaulting activist Ken Tsung in Admiralty during the 2014 Umbrella Movement protests. They were initially jailed for two years, but had their sentences reduced on appeal. Two of the original group of seven were also acquitted. The chief executive Carrie Lam has rejected criticism that she's getting a pay rise while people are suffering under the coronavirus pandemic. Speaking before the weekly executive council meeting, Mrs Lam said her salary was merely being adjusted according to inflation. She said herself and her governing team may consider other ways in future to show solidarity with the public. As I have said on the occasion when we voluntarily donated a month's salary to the community chest to assist charitable groups, especially those that are not government subvention, uh, we said that the ultimate purpose is to demonstrate solidarity with the people of Hong Kong. So we will continue to do that with that objective in mind. But my first priority right now is to finalize as early as possible the package of relief measures under the second round of the anti-epidemic fund. Liberal Party leader Felix Chung says the government should pay 50% of workers' salaries when it launches a second round of anti-epidemic relief measures. Mr Chung says this could prevent the jobless rate rising further and will help those businesses struggling to pay rent and salaries. In its first anti-epidemic fund in February, the government gave $30 billion of subsidies to a range of virus-affected industries, such as restaurants, travel agents and property management firms. This time the money should go to the employee because most of the enterprises do not have sufficient of cash flow to pay the rent and the employee. So if this time the fund is concentrated on helping the employee, that will save the layoff and uh, that will save the increase of unemployment. The chief executive Carrie Lam has criticised RTHK, saying it failed to uphold the principle of one country, two systems. RTHK has previously said it stands by the reporter who asked a World Health Organization official about accepting Taiwan as a member, saying the reporter was referring to Taiwan as a place, not a sovereign state. Mrs Lamb said the public broadcaster couldn't try to claim immunity from its role. Either as a public broadcaster or a government department, RTHK has to fulfill uh, the very uh, important and fundamental principle of upholding one country, two systems. Uh, RTHK could not claim immunity by being a public broadcaster and not observe this very important principle of one country, two systems. And even as a public broadcaster in the charter for RTHK, there are very clear requirements of this public broadcaster role in deepening the Hong Kong people's understanding of one country, two systems. 
The Secretary for Justice, Theresa Cheng, says people shouldn't come to a conclusion too easily about why some defendants facing charges linked to the anti-extradition protests were injured when they showed up in court when a lawmaker raised questions over alleged police abuse. At a special meeting of a finance committee, pro-democracy lawmaker Zhu Hoi-Dick quoted a media report as saying that more than 100 people facing charges linked to the months-long protests have been unable to attend their first hearing due to hospitalisation. He said according to the Stand News report, about 20 of them later complained in court about being assaulted by the police while being arrested or under detention. Mr Zhu asked the Secretary whether the Department of Justice was aware of such situations. Through an interpreter, Ms Cheng said a mechanism is in place to handle complaints against the police, adding the department is aware of those concerns. I want to emphasise that when somebody suffers an injury, we must not draw any conclusions simply based on a complaint made. We need to look at the relevant evidence and we need to go through the necessary procedures to have a clear idea. These have been extensively reported in the media and it has come to the attention of the public, but we must not draw a simple conclusion. The former Vatican treasurer, the Australian Cardinal George Pell, has been freed from jail after winning an appeal against his conviction on charges of child sex abuse. Here's the BBC's Shaima Khalil. In 2018, a jury found George Pell guilty of abusing two boys during his time as Archbishop of Melbourne. In a final legal challenge, his lawyers argued that the jury had failed to eliminate reasonable doubt and that they'd relied heavily on the testimony of one victim and had not properly considered other evidence. A full bench of seven judges agreed, ruling in his favor and quashing the verdict. Cardinal Pell said the decision remedied a serious injustice and that he held no ill will, adding that his trial was not a referendum on the Catholic Church or on the way its officials dealt with the crime of pedophilia. The Supreme Court in the U.S. state of Wisconsin has ordered that today's Democratic primary should go ahead as planned, despite the state governor, a Democrat, calling it off. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. Governor Tony Evers sought to delay the election until June the 9th because he said he had an obligation to keep people safe. He argued that polling station workers and voters would face health risks. Like much of the country, people living in Wisconsin are under orders to stay at home and public gatherings are banned. But Republican leaders said the governor didn't have the authority to postpone the election and the state Supreme Court agreed to overturn his decision. Fifteen US states have already delayed their presidential primaries because of COVID-19. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who has COVID-19, has been moved to an intensive care unit in a central London hospital after his symptoms worsened. The Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, is deputising for Mr Johnson. This report from the BBC's Chris Mason. Having been given oxygen, Boris Johnson was moved into the intensive care unit at St Thomas's Hospital in central London at around 7 o'clock last night. At around 8 o'clock, we were told he was conscious but had been moved to ensure he was close to a ventilator if he needed one. The capacity of every branch of government was already stretched in a way no one could possibly have imagined just a few months ago. And for now at least... Its leader is sidelined too. The mainland has reported no new coronavirus deaths for the first time since it started publishing figures in January. Cases have been dwindling since March, but a second wave of infections have been brought in from overseas, with health officials reporting 32 new cases in the past 24 hours, all imported. 
The Philippine president has extended its order until April the 30th, requiring millions of people in the main northern region to stay home due to the coronavirus. The president said the government was searching for funds for massive cash and food aid for the poor. And South Korea has reported 47 new coronavirus cases and six more deaths, bringing its totals to over 10,300 infections and 192 fatalities. China has demanded an explanation after the Brazilian education minister, Abraham Ventraub, appeared to say that the coronavirus was part of a plan by Beijing for global domination. Here's the BBC's Candice Piet. Abraham Ventraub, a member of President Bolsonaro's inner circle, imitated a Chinese accent in a tweet in which he suggested the pandemic would help China dominate the world. He later deleted the message. The Chinese embassy condemned it as absurd, despicable and highly racist. Last month, the embassy traded barbed comments with President Bolsonaro's son for comparing China's handling of the coronavirus to the former Soviet Union's Chernobyl disaster. It seems Mr. Bolsonaro's inner circle is still keen for a close alignment to the United States, despite China being Brazil's main trading partner. Almost half of Roman Catholic priests in the Irish capital Dublin have had to withdraw from public life because of the efforts to control the spread of COVID-19. The BBC's John McManus has this report. With a steady fall in the numbers joining Ireland's priesthood, the average age of priests there is now about 70. That's also the age at which the Irish government has said people should remain indoors to protect themselves from coronavirus. The Archbishop of Dublin, Dermot Martin, says this has led to around 200 of his 413 priests being confined to their homes. 74-year-old Dr Martin, who's also self-isolating at home, said the virus was placing a great strain on those priests who remained active, managing parishes and conducting services. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel says the pandemic is presenting the European Union with its biggest ever challenge. In my view, Europe and the European Union stand before the biggest test since the EU's inception. We are facing a massive challenge to the health of our population. Mrs Merkel reiterated that her government was ready to contribute to helping the bloc economically. It comes amid entrenched divisions over a potential EU solidarity fund for reconstruction. Germany is against a proposal to raise money through joint bonds, fearing it will see its taxpayers subsidising shared debt. The British actress Anna Blackman, who played Pussy Galore in the James Bond film Goldfinger, has died. She was 94. Her family said she died of natural causes at home in Sussex. The BBC's Nick Hyam looks back at her life. Anna Blackman was a successful actress for nearly 70 years, but she became truly famous in the early 1960s thanks to two roles, the leather-clad Cathy Gale in The Avengers on television and Pussy Galore in the James Bond film Goldfinger. Both were glamorous and feisty and gave the man they encountered as good as they got. She was in her late thirties when stardom arrived, having worked her way up through the West End, television and forgettable British films. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 23,815. That's 66 points up on the previous close. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.78 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 8 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 50 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with football news. Liverpool have apologized to fans and reversed their decision to place non-playing staff on temporary leave. The club's decision on Saturday to apply for the UK government's job retention scheme was met with fierce backlash. 
In a letter to fans, chief executive Peter Moore said owners came to the wrong conclusion and are truly sorry. He also said the club will find alternative means to pay their staff. Multiple videos have surfaced on YouTube with Liverpool fans voicing their disappointment over this PR disaster by the world's seventh richest club. At least four Premier League clubs have opted to furlough their non-playing staff, with the season suspended indefinitely because of the coronavirus pandemic. In tennis, the reigning Wimbledon champion Simona Halep says her injured foot is well enough that she has started running on it without pain. The injury dates back to February and caused her to withdraw from the Indian Wells tournament, which was eventually cancelled along with Wimbledon because of the coronavirus outbreak. Halep posted a video on Twitter to update her status while reminding fans to do their part in helping to fight the virus. I have started to run already and uh, I don't have pain at all. I don't play tennis yet, but uh, being able to do the training means a lot and gives me a big positive actually. I miss my team, I miss the players, I miss uh, actually the tournaments, I miss everyone from the tour. I know it's a bit tough for everybody this period, but uh, if we stay home, uh, if we stay strong and uh, positive, actually, very positive, it, it will help a lot. Uh, everything is going to be all right. So I can't wait to travel again. I can't wait to play tennis again. And I can't wait to see you. The Open Championship has been cancelled, but the three other men's golf majors in 2020 have been rescheduled because of the global pandemic. The 149th edition of golf's oldest tournament, due to take place in July at Royal St. George's in Kent, will now be hosted by the venue in 2021. The RNA said they've explored every option for playing the Open this year, but it is not going to be possible. However, all three of the majors hosted on American soil each year are still hoping to go ahead. The Masters has been put back from April to November, while the PGA Championship is set for August. The U.S. Open in New York is being moved from June to September, a week before the Ryder Cup. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The quarterfinal appeal rejects the bid by five police officers to overturn their convictions for beating a pro-democracy activist during the Occupy protests. Chief Executive Carrie Land defends her pay rise despite a wave of criticism from across the political spectrum. And the former Vatican treasurer is freed from jail after winning his appeal against his conviction on child sex abuse charges. That's the news from RTHK. To fight the virus together, we must protect ourselves and others and reduce social contact. Stay at home as far as possible. Avoid social gatherings and don't go to crowded places. Work from home if feasible. Don't shake hands with others. We should also avoid meal gatherings. Let's adopt these measures to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus in the community. For more information on fighting the virus, visit chp.gov.hk.
so hard. 